Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Out of Sight Adventures. Come on in. Find yourself a seat very quickly. We have a very, very packed adventure tonight. As we are going to Mystic, and we're heading to, where are we going, Brian? Seattle, Washington, Homer Sasquatch. Ah, Seattle, Washington. Well, let's go around and say hi to the crew. My name is Terry Suarez. I'll be glad to be a director tonight and help everyone get around. And Brian, my wingman. Hey, Brian, how are you? Heidi ho, good neighbor. Yeah, pack, pack, pack. We got to get going. But in order to get going, we've got to introduce... The people that make the show happen. We've got Desiree, our pilot slash host. Hey, Desiree, how are you feeling tonight? I'm working on feeling better. Medicine's kicking in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe it's the weather. What's the weather like tonight over there? Uh, In Portland, it is a dry, warm, uh, getting up into the 70s kind of a day. Well, I heard when we... But the cherry blossoms are blooming, like... No one's business. That's what I heard at the University of Washington. They really have beautiful, about 10 trees in their uh, courtyard. And, you know, you have allergies, though, it's murder. When we (laughs) land in Seattle, though, we can't talk about Portland because that's like the big rivalry I'm learning. Um, Another important member of our crew tonight, um, we have a little change up is Doug. Hey, Doug. He's our streamer, keeping the stream strong for all of you guys listening out on ACB Radio. How you doing, Doug? Is this your first time on um, Out of Sight Adventures? It is my first time, and this really sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, it is. And be ready, because we do call upon our streamer to be interactive. So we are super (laughs) excited, and everyone sit back, and are we clear for takeoff? By the way, we are domestic, so all guide dogs, and we have all have ACB to say thank you for making sure all of our paperwork is taken care of for our guide dogs. They've all passed all their um, infectious control, and they're all healthy, and we are able for takeoff. Cabin is secure. All right. Clear for takeoff. Oh, I love ACB Airlines. 13 <laughs> seconds and we are there. All right, yeah. Brian, do your thing. All right. So we are in Seattle, so I thought it would be apropos because, you know, why not? When in Seattle, you got to do something. A little bit of my high school years coming at you from the Seattle really? brunch scene. <laughs> really? <laughs> now, Brian, you need to tell everyone why you played that specific. Okay, so we'll go over that a little bit when we go over music, but that was from Nirvana, a Seattle-based band in the 90s grunge scene that came out of Seattle, so that was probably the most famous song to come out of that whole movement. So we're going to do our Travel Geek segment. We're going to fly through this because we have a lot to go on tonight. So, and I'm going to do my best to read my notes as quickly as possible. 
Um, so Seattle, really cool. I didn't realize this, but it makes sense with the land bridge and all that fun stuff. They've found um, evidence that it's been ha- inhabited for over 4,000 years, that area of the country. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, if you drive in Seattle, you have a good chance that you know how to float because the first floating bridge was built in 1950, um, and that goes over to um, – Ooh, I can't read it. Uh, <laughs> Mercer Island, sorry. Goes over to Mercer Island. And then the world's longest floating bridge, um, which goes over to Medina, is also over there. And it's the Governor uh, Rosini, Rosalini. I think it's Rosalini. Um at Evergreen Point Bridge. So the two big things in floating bridges, the first and the longest, are both in Seattle. I don't know how we feel about driving on a floating bridge. But, hey, Medina, where the longest goes to, uh, is where Bill and Melinda Gates live. And you may know of them from being super rich and founding Microsoft, Bill Gates. Uh, The first gas station, my friend Dan Newt would love this one, the first gas station in the United States opened in 1906 in Seattle, Washington, which I thought was like, really, all the things going on in 1906, but Seattle gets it. Um, It is known as the most literate city in the country with the most college diplomas or higher education among its citizens. So everybody's walking around feeling pretty smart. Um, The most, okay, this one was weird to me. I got to say this. Seattle's known for being rainy and overcast. But there are more sunglasses bought per capita in Seattle than anywhere else in the United States. It's kind of glare. Feels, it's glare. Of, um, yeah, the glare, I guess. I mean, I'm in Florida. I think I need it more. But that's fine. If they want to buy them, cool. They were the first city to have bicycle-mounted cops. Really? Very first city to have bicycle-mounted cops was Seattle, Washington. Um, Harbor Island is the largest man-made island in the United States. Another cool fact there. And the Boeing Company, which we know for making Boeing planes, actually started in Seattle area as a boat company. But Mr. Boeing was obsessed with flying and planes, and so he transitioned into making planes. And that's how we know the Boeing Company today. So that is your Travel Geek segment for the night. Nice, quick, fun little facts. Um, so I'm going to open it up right now before we dive head deep into this and see who has experience in Seattle, with Seattle, wants to know anything about Seattle, what they know about Seattle. So give us any of your travel experiences, questions, uh, if you've lived there. Uh, and Desiree's going to tell you how to raise your hand. We'll take the first two hands if we have any. Looking for hands, looking for hands. Can you tell them how to raise them? Yes, I will tell them how to raise their hand. I knew I forgot a document. (laughs) Um, On your computer, on your PC, it's going to be Alt-Y. On your Mac, it is going to be Option-Y. I almost have this memorized. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) If you are... Uh, on a mm, smartphone, doesn't matter which platform. If you look in the lower right-hand corner under uh, the more options, you'll find raise hand. And if memory serves correct, which it does, to raise your hand, it is going to be star nine. 
And those of you that are on a tablet, it's the same as a smart device. Cool. Do we have any, any, no any, hands. any hands? Awesome. No so hands. cool. We are to inform everybody about Seattle because nobody's been there. Fantastic. So <laughs> when most people think Seattle. Hey, we did reach out to Hiel. We who did. Who is on Hiel. Cool. But but Hyle is working. So, working, you know. so we'll go forward. Now, what I was very upset about is that for 15 years, I've been watching a real-life docudrama uh, with my wife, or so I thought, because when I went to look up Seattle Grace Hospital and Dr. Meredith Gray, um, <laughs> I came to find out that it's actually just a regular series. I thought these people just had really tragic lives. And um, so when I go, I can't visit um, Seattle Grace slash um, Sloan. Grace Sloan Hospital. So, But when people think about Seattle, it's Grey's Anatomy, Frasier, and Starbucks. And most of us have spent a lot of money in Starbucks, whether you wanted to or not. Uh, this was founded in 1971 at the Pikes Place Market. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, they were started, though, not as a coffee shop, but as a coffee bean roaster. And so for 10 years, that's what they did. They would occasionally make some coffee there so people could say, taste the beans, but they weren't actually selling the coffee. And then Howard Schultz, who's the current CEO and chairperson, uh, he came on, he had his first cup of coffee there with their beans in 1981. In 1982, he joined them in a uh, corporate capacity. 1983 changes the world of coffee because he goes to Italy for a coffee conference and falls in love with the coffee bars on the open streets of Italy and says he wants to bring this back to America. I understand that in the United States at the time, the average cup of coffee was about a quarter. And so he wanted to come back and start charging 2 to $3 a cup of coffee. Uh, he tried to put this to the original owners, and they weren't having it. So he left to start his own thing. And then in 1987, uh, they approached him, said they were interested in getting out of the, the coffee business. And he loved them, and he was buying his beans from them from his coffee shop and he turned around got a couple of investors in 1987 changed the corporate world and structure and opened uh or bought starbucks and then they have taken over the world um they're big about you know creating community and taking care of their employees and creating an atmosphere that is the place you go between home and work uh whether it's to congregate whether it's to um just get a good pastry or listen to some good music and buy an overpriced cup of coffee. Um, Starbucks, Howard Schultz is one of my heroes in life, so I wanted to talk about this, but Starbucks are everywhere. Um, But they originated in Seattle, Washington. And because they started in Pike's Place Market, I am going to ask my friend Desiree to talk about Pike's Place Market because she has been there a couple of times. Yes, yes, I have. And it was delightful. So I can say if you are a competent traveler and don't mind crowds and are fine with your cane or dog and crowds, then by all means, go for it. If you're not, then you're probably going to want to go in a gaggle of blind people and or bring somebody sighted because it is crowded. But it is worth the crowds Um, of mention are going to be the the flying fish market. They really do hurl their fish. You're good, you know, 10, 20 feet between. It is kind of amazing to see, and they're yelling at each other while they do it. 
Um, Pike's Place Market is set up uh, in a big, huge building in a pier that's part of it. And when you go in, it's going to be stall after stall after stall of you can find fresh flowers, you can find gourmet honey, you can find postcards, you can find jewelry, you can find you name it. It's going to be there. There's also kind of across the street and down this long street, you're going to find uh, small business after small business. I highly recommend going to Beecher's Cheese. They make amazing cheese and you can watch them making it in person there in their stall. They are very much known for their aged cheddar. It is so good. And if you fly Alaska from Portland to Seattle and a few other places, you can actually find a Beecher's cheese platter. That is not half bad if you want to experience Beecher's cheese, but not necessarily, um, you know, go down to Pike's Place Market. There's also a superb French bakery run by French people. So you will hear French being spoken and you can find just about every possible pastry under the sun. Amazing. Um, And then the last uh, business of note, it's another food place. It is called Pike Place Chowder. You can find of course your standard new england and manhattan chowder but they have a coconut lime chowder they have a crab and oyster chowder you can also get all kinds of lobster rolls from them they also have a smoked salmon chowder so um if you're going to go to seattle and go for food go for seafood because it's really good there and i think that's about the short end of Pike's place I can get. Yeah. yeah, and I would say the flying fish thing, if you have any sight, that is something you just have to experience once in your life. It, it's um, not because, small fish either. No, these they're like, throw, yeah, they're throwing twenty and thirty pound fish. Yeah. You know, fifteen to twenty feet and not missing yeah. ever. 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 And so it was uh-uh. kind of impressive to me. Um and if you could tell, um with out of sight adventures you will gain weight on your vacations. Um, we like oh, to talk will. about food a lot. And so that's <laughs> <laughs> um so Terry is actually gonna keep that theme going. Um after she talks about Mopop. Okay. Well Mopop is an amazing museum of pop culture and I am super excited because someone goes, Oh, it's got the star Trek. And I was like, what? And I'm sad to report that on May, 2018, the star Trek exhibit closed down, but they do have another exhibit that I'm super excited about checking out. And on the first Thursday of every month, a lot of the museums in Seattle their admission is my favorite, free 99 And if we want to go to Mopop, it's $35. And it's amazing museum of pop culture and contemporary music and some of the things that Brian was talking about. They have over 100,000 items from different exhibits. And the exhibits are included in the price. And the price, I believe I said, was 35 But there is a combo package for another event Brian's going to talk about later. And we can talk about the price then. And it's amazing. So right now is the body of work. And it's about tattoo culture. 
The other one is for all you Minecrafters out there. Yes, I said it. Minecraft. They have a whole exhibit about Minecraft. And of course, we cannot forget about the music. Now, I like Nirvana, but I also enjoyed Pearl Jam. Okay. And did you guys know where the birthplace, the musician guitarist that was born in Seattle, Washington? Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix. So they actually have one of his hats there and guitars there. So yes, Jimi Hendrix do. exhibit as well. It yeah. is epic. I've been there. It's epic. Oh, no, it's so amazing. <laughs> I'm excited. I want to go. I want to go. And um, so Nirvana has their own exhibit. It's called uh, Taking Punk to the Masses. And, of course, Pearl Jam is home, Away to Home exhibit. And then um, the one that I'm excited about going is called, um, there's two of them, actually. It's Fantasy, uh, Worlds of the Myth and Magic. I'm excited about visiting that one. And also, this is the one that's replacing Star Trek. And I'm super excited because I want to see how they did this because everything they've Infinity Worlds of science fiction so supposedly they have all the stuff of everything sci-fi and i am like what and i tried calling them today and of course because of things going on they have a limited crew so you can't talk to a live person and um but they have stuff from star wars they've got stuff from star trek they've got war of the worlds they've got the little martian guy they've got you know um uh, Lost in Space, oh, uh, Battlestar Galactica, Stargate, like all my shows all in one. So all you geeky nerds, let's go to Seattle and let's go to Mopops. It is amazing, amazing, amazing. But um, before we leave Mopops, why don't we just jump over to the Space Needle? Because that's like right next door. Yes, oh. yes, it is. Okay. So, all right. So you guys all have heard about the space needle or seen the space needle and if you're a Grey's Anatomy or watched any of the movies that were filmed out there the space needle is the number one um, place that the most uh, iconic landmark it is was built in 1962 for the world um, science for the world's fair it is 568 feet tall with 30 feet below ground and that is so we can take an earthquake that is 9.1. That's amazing. It's got six elevators. Now, don't get too excited. It's not like the Tower of Terror. It only goes 10 miles an hour. Okay. Um, <laughs> just wanted to let you guys know that that's okay. Um, I was going to call them. And, of course, they're connected with mopop and i couldn't get on their website they don't talk about discounts for vision impaired or blind um but they have two levels that you can go out the restaurant that used to be there that used to turn um and go in a circle and it would rotate and it would take an hour to rotate it is closed permanently because they have restored and re-renovated the um the space needle in 2018 so now they have um you can do wine on the deck and on sunset or you can have little tapas and 
drinks, but there's no full restaurant at this time. And there's no discussion about it. Now, one thing that I found really interesting is, is if you want to be a Mopop member, and it's only $79 a year, you get free to both. So by the time you, if you live there, I would be a member because it would just be amazing. They have a lot of cocktail parties and a lot of neat events. And the only thing is, is right now, because of things occurring, you just got to make sure you get your ticket and get there early. But it's a pretty amazing place. And um, so here's the deal with the tickets, because I've been been there, done that. Um, Yes, you have to have a ticket for entrance. And if you pay a lower price for like a regular ticket, you're going to be standing in line um, depending on what time of year you go. And we went on the off season. I've been on the yeah. off season and wow. we stood in line for like three hours. And if you cannot do that, you want to go ahead and pay the extra price to get the VIP ticket that, you know, you get to jump the line. Like that is a thing. And I did look for tickets for, you know, cause there's like three of us in my family that have some sort of disability and they didn't seem to offer any at the time. Um, right. And that was and March of 2018. So right now, because of everything going on, it's a limited number of people in the six elevators. So that they have I don't really like it. It's not right very now, Right now, they have timed right. tickets. Right. So they'll be like, what time do you want to buy your ticket? So they'll be like 11.15. And you can get there five minutes before or five minutes later. You are put in the line or put to the side. So it's a little bit... Um, more cognitive, but they are open now and with the limited space in the elevator. So it's all about timing. So you can go on. It is. And you show up for your time, but then you're still in a long line because you have all these other people that are showing up for that time. And that is exactly the reason I did not wind up going up because I bought a ticket and didn't go up because I didn't want to wait in line. (laughs) Because, yes, you're you're showing up with all the other people who have yep. that 11-something yeah. thing, but it still means it still means you're going to wait in line for another, you know, one to three plus hours. That's just how well, it is. Well, now that we waited our line and we went up and experienced the Space Needle, why don't we go grab some grub? Oh, yeah, because that's what I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, to I'm me... Happy. Go ahead and with the. I know you and Hiel had a, a place that you guys were looking to go, so why don't we start off there? Oh, yeah. So I talked to Hiel and I said, Hiel, I'm going to come out. We're going to have a girl weekend because, you know, I'm vaccinated now and I'm almost ready to fly. And she said, Oh, we're going to go spend girl time at Matador. I'm like, Oh, what's Matador? So I went online and it's a fun place to start a girl weekend. And I'm going to order for sure. The mango margarita. And um, yeah, it's really good and sounds delicious. But then there's another one called the cucumber jalapeno that I'm very interested in trying. And then they have delicious Mexican food where they have all the seafood tacos and all the traditional really good food and it's family style. And what a fun way Desiree and Hiel and I, and maybe we can get Haley to join us. Um, the other place I want to go to, I need to slip it in real quick, is a very, very exclusive 
invitation only place. It's called Haley's Treehouse, and she <laughs> she serves delicious Long Island iced teas, but it's very limited and invitation only. So that would definitely be the two spots that I have to have to experience when I go to to Seattle. But I'm so excited to meet other people in Washington and experience Seattle through their eyes and immerse myself. Very, very cool. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit of food and then Desiree's done a bunch of research on restaurants and she's got four restaurants for us there. So we're going to go through those. And But my favorite thing, if you guys listen to the show, you know, is donuts. And so Seattle has a place called Top Pot Donuts. They're super famous. They got the giant um, signage outside, so you can't kind of miss them. Um, and I'll tell you what they're famous for to end, but they were, they've been around for almost 20 years. They were founded in 2002 in the Capitol Hill uh, neighborhood of Seattle. Um, Barack Obama's been there. Um, they've had anytime one of the Seattle sports teams is in like a championship game and the other mayor is looking to bet the Seattle mayor. Top Pot's usually involved in that bet. Um, they are fantastic. They have grown. Um, they are in 21 locations, uh, 18 in the Pacific Northwest area, mostly in Washington. And there are three in Texas, which I didn't know. So that was kind of cool because I visit Texas fairly frequently. Uh, so now I got to search them down because I, I don't get up to the Pacific Northwest near enough. So, um, they are also the donuts that are sold in Starbucks. They uh, have a whole collection they created for Starbucks and also for the grocery chain. Uh, and I can't read my own typing. That's when it's bad. <laughs> you can't read your own typing. You know, your typing's bad. QFC Grocery. So QFC Grocery also carries Top Pot Donuts in the grocery store. What they are most famous for, and this is the thing that somebody has brought back for me because when I was in Seattle, they weren't open are the maple bacon bars. These bars? Things, bars. So yeah, you, you're thinking, what? no, donut, no. It is a maple bacon bar, and I'm pretty sure the hand of God has touched the dough and the batter, <laughs> and angels come out and sing when they make these because it is literally the most delicious maple bacon dessert. And I've had a lot because those are two of my favorite things in the world. Um, these maple bacon bars are like otherworldly, incredible, you know, change your religion experience. And if you ever have a chance to have a maple bacon bar from Top Pot Donuts, it is a must thing to do. Okay. Um, when I get to Seattle in the next few months, I will do that. Yes. So before you go, I, we're, I'm going to change it up a little bit. We've been talking a lot about food and we're about to go into food. And if you want to talk about your dining experiences in Seattle, great. Otherwise, tell me your favorite city in America to eat in. So we'll take a couple of hands here. Desiree, if you can remind them again how to do it real quick, and we'll look for a couple of hands. Okay. On the PC, use Alt-Y. If you are on a Mac, then Option-Y. If you are on a smart device, whether it's a phone or tablet, doesn't matter which brand, it's, you're in the Zoom app. Uh, you raise your hand to if you look under the more button, which is in the lower right hand corner. And then if you are on the phone, it will be star nine. Do we have any hands up that want to talk about their favorite city to eat or their favorite thing to eat in Seattle? 
We have a very interactive crowd tonight, I see. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a hard choice choosing between Portland, New York, and, um, oh, but then there's Chicago. and But then Portland's also good, and Seattle's good, and there's so many really good foodie cities here in the States. There just are. Okay, so we just learned that Desiree is indecisive, so that's awesome. Great, great thing for our <laughs> listening audience. Well, Brian, I do have to tell you, I did a little bit research on your other favorite food that you love, and Seattle has their own hot dog. Did you know that? I so didn't know that. Yes, and the way Seattle hot dog is. And it, if it's it, a seafood hot dog, that's not a hot dog. No, no, this is a traditional hot dog, but it's okay. all about toppings, okay? Okay. Okay, no ketchup, no mustard. It's grilled onions. And are you ready? Sour cream. Yeah, you lost me. I'm going to go out and buy me a hot dog. I I wanted to try it tonight, but I don't have any buns. Well, I do have buns, but I don't have any hot dog buns, and I need hot dogs. So, yeah, I'm like grilled onions and sour cream on a hot dog? Sounds amazing. Hey, Hiel, how's it going? Hey, Hiel. I keep hearing my name mentioned. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Um. So Pike Place, Pike Place Chowder, let me add something to that. Sourdough bread comes with every order. Uh, and you can order a sampler plate, which has small bowls of each um, chowder flavoring, uh, which is absolutely wonderful stuff. Um, I also, yeah, Pike Place Market, the kind of place where you do not, you hear every English spoke, every language spoken but English. Um, <laughs> so that's fun. Um, I have not been to the original Starbucks, but the Starbucks Reserve and Roastery is down the street, up or down a hill, I can't remember which, and they have um, lots of booze and lots of coffee and lots <laughs> of both mixed together. And pastries that you do not find at any other Starbucks type place. So, nice. Um, that's a really good place to spend the evening, um, at, like afternoon or drinks or something like that. Um, trying to think of what else. Yeah, the Matador is a great place. I've been there a couple of times at least. Um, and uh, I haven't been for donuts. I'll definitely uh, try that for everybody. Yeah, you have to. And oh, <laughs> speaking of the bridges, I ride both bridges every day to and from work. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks. Have I have fun. All righty. So, my two favorite cities to eat in are New York, because everybody knows that I have a bias, but literally you can find every great food in ethnic food in the world in New York, and great street food, and the street food's the best. And Austin, Texas, because nobody does brisket like Austin, Texas, and I love barbecue brisket. So Austin, Texas, specifically for one thing, and New York for everything. (laughs) (laughs) No bias there. Well, you know, it's on everybody's foodie list. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what the most popular food is in Seattle? What's that? Teriyaki. That makes sense. Yeah, teriyaki. Yeah. So, all right, Desiree, tell us all about the wonderful restaurants you found in Seattle. 
Well, just slip a little sideways. Uh, there is a really good dim sum place at the Harbor City Restaurant. Um, if you don't know what dim sum is, it's originally Chinese, if memory serves correct, but it's these little bites of food and they whiz by you either on a conveyor belt or you've got waiters, waitresses, and you have to signal and they're just perpetually going by and they charge you for each dish that you get. Um, unlike a regular restaurant where you just, you know, like order a bunch of stuff. No, no, it is, it is kind of piecemeal. So you get to pick and choose exactly what you want. Try a bunch of different stuff and, uh, their stuff look really amazing, really well done and super cute. So there's that place. There is, if you're local, you might try this place. It is called the Shambles and, um, it's in the Maple Leaf district, uh, and they are a combination of restaurant slash butcher slash bar. Uh, and they've noted on their website since they uh, switched to um, with COVID and everything, they're much more, you know, takeout. But you can get, you know, their food in the butcher boxes. But you can find their locally sourced meats like rabbit. Of all things, I'm going, okay, that is just cool. My little foodie heart is so happy. Rabbit and duck and not just your regular, you know, uh, Peking duck. They have unusual varieties. And I thought that is just cool. You can get also cocktails to go there, which is also amazing. The other really interesting place um, that I found, uh, the last place is and this is actually the name of the restaurant. This is the name of the place. It is called Damn the Weather. That is actually the name of the place. And they are known for the cocktails, but they also have things like grass-fed burgers, spaghetti bolognese, roasted corn nuts. I was like, hey, that sounds interesting. I want to try that. Um, and they do they they do really good cocktails, but they will do like a twist on a cocktail. So an old-fashioned usually is bitters, simple syrup, uh, uh, whiskey of some sort, and sometimes a twist of orange. Well, their take on this is that they use uh, both Haitian and Jamaican rum, along with their rye, their home, their in-house rye whiskey, um, simple syrup, syrup, and twist of orange. And I went, that sounds like a really excellent drink. And that wraps it up for my food. Yum yum. Well, yeah. one of the things we I was surprised Brian didn't cover in his history is how Seattle is the gateway to Alaska and Vancouver and Canada from the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. So, they have um, ferries that you can get from Seattle that that instead of just like a you know regular road trip or whatever. I mean, like like it's one of those you got to be a local to know kind of thing. But they have ferries wow. that'll go to Vancouver, BC, that'll go up along the coast up to uh, Anchorage, Alaska. And if you're a local, that's how you tend to travel. And if you take an Alaskan cruise, most of the time you're going to fly into Seattle. So make sure you book a couple of days before to go experience Seattle and a couple of days afterwards, after your cruise. Get your land legs back by going up <laughs> to and, Seattle. And speaking of said things, it is worth it to take a ferry 
to a couple different places to see the sound. You really get a good sense of how big Puget Sound really is because Seattle's surrounded. So I wear will. good good gear because it is generally damp and chilly and definitely windy. Oh, and talking about that, you know, it's not cool. If you're going to be a tourist in Seattle, forget your umbrellas. None of the locals wear umbrellas because the rain nope. is just quick and fast. You just get a raincoat. Well, most yep. people don't wear umbrellas, but that's just... Yeah. <laughs> well, there are some people that have umbrella hats. That is a thing. <laughs> Silly so, people. So, you know, get your ponchos, get your rain gear, but forget your umbrellas because it's too windy and only only the tourists use umbrellas. Good good set of hiking boots will do you just fine. Yeah. Oh, there's tons of places to go hiking because of all the trees. Another well, and, and it's so oh. hilly. It is so hilly, just like San Francisco. Like yeah. super hilly. Yeah. And because right. of all the forest and everything around it with the water, another name for Seattle is the Emerald City. Emerald City Comic Con, amen. I know, right? <laughs> Dude. There's just no monkeys, Brian. There's no monkeys. But there are but there are Bigfoots. That is true. Or so it's said. Just but anyway, so the cool thing about Seattle, and Terry really wanted to talk about this and we got plenty of time now. So it is a really cool sports city. Yes. It so is. you know, we got football, we got baseball, we had basketball uh we got lacrosse we got women's soccer i think there's a men's soccer team they recently and been there's rugby. rugby so why don't you talk about the stadiums and what you know terry okay so lumen field is really a multiplex area and that's where the seattle um seahawks play it's seventy-two thousand holding um, seats. Uh, the Seattle Sounders is the name of their uh, soccer, uh, men's soccer team. And um, they do have an area for concerts. It's the Whammo Theater. I think it's Whammo Theater. Yeah, Whammo Theater. So um, they've got different names for the different teams. They also have um, the Dragons, which is XFL. I don't know if you guys know about XFL. XFL is where you play half of the football field, and it's very interesting and very um, fast. It's not the indoor arena. Um, then you have um, poor Janine. She's not on the call tonight because she's recovering from the Mariners um, kicking butt to the Giants. Oh, did I say that on ACB? <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So I thought she said the Marlins at first, but it was the Mariners. So um, they played the Giants and in Major League Baseball and won. Then there's the Seattle. Now, I love this name, the Seattle Wolves. And that's their rugby um, team. But um, somebody, I believe his name was Darrow, shared with us before we went on air that what was it about a hockey team in Seattle, Darrow? You want to join in and tell us about that? No, I don't see Darrow in the room anymore. Oh, he must have stepped away. But before we went on air, he said that they were just approved to be able to join the National Hockey League, the NHL. And I didn't know about that. So I don't know if there's anybody on the call. Um, the reason why Seahawks are kind of um, close to my heart, even though I'm a Tampa Bucks girl, 
is there's a lot of UCF football players that play for the Seahawks and especially the brothers. Um, one of the brothers that d- was born without a hand um, actually is playing for the Seattle Seahawks and how he lost his hand was um, when he was in utero, he stuck his little hand out and one of the embryonic bands came by and just took off his hand. So he never had that hand. I forgot if it's right or left. And, you know, him and his brother played through UC- all the way up through UCF and they both were drafted to um, play for Seattle Hawks. So that's definitely an inspirational story. So the only time that I have a hard time is when Seattle uh, Hawks play the Bucks, um, but I'm, it's a win-win for me. So anybody want to share about their sports experience? Oh, hi, Al's got her hand up again. Mm-hmm. Woo! Hi, hey, Al. Hi, Al. Real quick about the NHL, the team is going to be called the Seattle Crickens. Crickets? Are you serious? <gasps> Kraken. The Release the Kraken. Yes. Yes. That's kind of a cool name. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially if you're a Clash of the Titans. Um, Cool. Thank you, Hyle. That's awesome. I didn't know the name. I knew that they had gotten it, but I didn't know they had a name. So, very, very cool. Well, you know, Hyle, when I come out there, we got to go do a sport thing. You know, I love my sports. So long as it's not a football game, I'm good. <laughs> so. What about rugby? Can we go watch the rugby guys? Okay. I'll let you pick. <laughs> so one of the places I definitely wanted to get to was uh, the Chaluli Garden and Glass Culture Garden. This place yeah. is absolutely amazing. It's it's part of the Seattle Center, which is, you know, where Mopop and the Space Needle is. Um <laughs> This place, to me, it's one of the hidden gems of Seattle because it's kind of a bystander. Like, people go to it when they're waiting to get on the Space Needle. Um, I got lost. Um, so it, it's it just watching it and looking at it. And um, it has a really extensive collection of um, Chululi's actually glass sculptures and his windows. Um and the time of the day uh, really affects what you're looking at. So, oh, that place is gorgeous at night. Just yeah. So, if you're looking at, at it during the day, the day you know, if you get there on a sunny day, one of the you know few that they have, um, you, you're going to get a, a different view of if you're going there at sunset when the you know the sun's kind of reflecting off the water, and then at night when it's being lit up in a different way. Um, so it's really recommended to go there. Um, if you can get there later in the day to get, you know, the overhead sun, the sunset and the night, you'll get all three experiences. Um, if you do have some vision, if you have a sighted person with you, um, but if you don't no big deal, because they have a free audio tour that you can go through and it's the actual, the artists explaining the different works and you just use your smartphone scan the little code for each piece and then for the whole museum they have a different uh, QR code for each piece with the artist and the artist apprentices that helped them create it um, to go through and see it but um, it's somewhere that like when you're looking up top things to do in Seattle it's 
either down at the bottom of the list, like if you have time, it's an honorable mention. But to me, it's it's definitely one of the top places to go when you're there, just because it, it's it's absolutely incredible. The colors will, you know, if you have a family, the colors and the illumination will, will keep the kids engaged. Um, for those of us that have a little bit of sight, you know, you get to see the glistening and, and the different color gleaming. And, and if you don't have the sight, you have the QR codes that will take you through the, the uh, entire thing. And Terry was saying that there's a combo ticket. So if you want to tell us the price of that and what it includes, Terry, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's only $49. The only downfall is it's kind of like the Disney thing um, or the Universal and Islands of Adventure. You got to see both of them and experience both in the same day. Yes. So um, So that's the only that's the only, you know, challenge. But again, they say take about four hours um, to go through the museum and, you know, um, experiencing the um, Space Needle, um, you know, and you just go and experience both. Yes, for that absolutely. One. Yeah, so that's super exciting. You know, one place we forgot to talk about was the free stuff to do in Seattle. Oh, do tell. All the parks. Oh, they have tons of parks and tons of hiking. But Desiree... <laughs> we got to warn the community about this gum wall that's underneath. Oh, school. boy. Yes, that is a thing. The gum wall really, truly does exist. Yes, it is dis- as disgusting as it sounds. Okay, I absolutely yes, missed this you, when I was out there. Please go into detail. You, you can watch people <laughs> chew a wad of gum and add it to the wall and then proceed to take a picture and, of course, post it somewhere. So, yes, that is a thing. It does exist. It is um, just about an entire block, and it's kind of this in this weird alley kind of a thing. And, yeah, no, it does exist. Just make sure, you guys, when you go out there, don't let anyone say, oh, $5 to experience this tactile. No, it is you totally know, free. Don't, and, don't touch and the gun wall. You're going to want to put on gloves. If you decide <laughs> to make it a tactile experience, please put on gloves. Seriously. And it's a yeah. good thing we're all carrying around hand sanitizer these days, too. So that that's a... Right. But you know... <laughs> no, you're going to want to put on gloves. Buy some bubble gum, and I'm going to chew and chew and chew, and I'll have my glove on, and I'm going to smack that being right on that wall. Are would, you? Yeah. Well, you know, got to leave my DNA there, you know? <laughs> so, but there's lots of fun stuff in Seattle. There's lots of free things, a lot of parks. And I am going to post on Out of Sight Adventure some links um, to some videos. And so that way you guys can go and join us on Out of Sight Facebook group. And be able to experience all the videos and all the different places. And Great O Seattle on the cheap. It's all the things you can do for free. On the first Thursday of every month, a lot of the museums are free. And then the fourth Thursday of the month, there is free art walks. So Seattle is very famous for doing art walks where they have a lot of different artists and you go for walks and, oh, it just... I can't wait to go visit Hyel and Haley. <laughs> well, I, I think for me, one of the things I'm looking forward to going out there is I have a bunch of friends in the area, so it'd be nice to catch up with them. But um, when I was there the last time, many, many years ago, I wasn't much into hiking. And, 
now I, I enjoy that. So I, I'm looking to go, you know, the, the hikes that are in the city and then going outside the city um, and, and taking advantage of that. And I have never done any of the ferries, like the Puget Sound ferries. So that is something. Oh, they're, they're awesome. Um, I would love to do when I'm up there. And I didn't. I did not know you could go all the way to Anchorage. Um, I don't know if I would do that on a ferry, but um, <laughs> um, I would definitely go to Vancouver, though. Vancouver is a very cool city, and it's kind of like the Seattle's twin city, if you, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, the, there's a lot of cool nature things in Seattle to do, and, and the whole Pacific Northwest, to be honest. But uh, Seattle's got a lot, a lot of cool um, hiking and things like that. So that is definitely something I'm looking forward to going out there. Um, so we haven't had much luck with the interaction, but we'll try it one more time. My top tip (laughs) for when you're planning a trip to Seattle is, um, a lot of the time, what you need to do is, because there's so much to do, is plan to go to an area for a day versus trying to go from spot to another spot in the city Uh because they cram a lot of stuff. So it's like, if you're going to do space needle plan an entire day and um, the space needle is so close to Popmo that I have a picture because there's a reflective surface on that building. I have a picture that I took of the space needle at night being reflected from oh, that. Very it's cool. all right there. That glass museum that Brian was talking about right there. Same area. There is a also, there's also a, um, what do you call it? A Marine, um, like a sea world place but it's not sea world but it's it's like you know you can stand right there at space needle and see it but there's like a crap ton of stuff to do like right there when you go to pike's place there's a bunch of stuff around pike's place to do so it's like when you go plan to do just an area for that day because there is just like yeah. ram a lot into Absolutely. one spot Absolutely. And there's a really cool zoo up there, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was really, really awesome. And I can't, I think it begins with a W, but. And it's super walkable. It's a super walkable city, and I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. Um, As long as you don't mind stretching out your calves on the hills. Um, But yes, (laughs) it it was a very, very walkable city. That's all I did when I was there was walked. It it was pretty cool. Um, So we have a few extra minutes here. So I will open it up to you guys. We're always looking for suggestions on where you'd like us to go, where you want us to go next, where you want to learn about. So I will take two or three people. We'll take two or three people. Uh, raise your hand. And if there is a place you would like to go or a question about Seattle, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe we get some little bit of interaction here. So today. to raise your hand on the PC, it is alt Y. If you're on a Mac, it is option Y. If you are on a smart device, whether it's a phone tablet, doesn't matter if you're on an Android or iPhone or other, because you're using their app, you're going to look under the more button, which is in the lower right hand corner. If you're on the phone, then it is star nine. Hey, this is Doug. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah, absolutely not. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I haven't heard anybody mention uh, underground Seattle tours. Do they still do those? And Yes, they yes, actually they do. do. Yes, <laughs> they do. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Doug, because of that big fire that happened in Seattle. Seattle is actually built on top of the old Seattle, and they do do underground um, tours. I'll post it on our Out of Sight Adventure Facebook group about them. 
Yeah. Great. You know, Portland has underground tours. Yeah. A lot of cities have <laughs> underground tours. I think we have a um We a have my up. mom. Hey Teresa. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Again. Okay. So back to Pike's place market, the throwing the fish, what what why are they doing that? Because <laughs> they can and it gets tourists to come yep. in. <laughs> I it's all about spectacle, yeah, hundred percent. It's totally a spectacle and that place has been there for Years. I'm sure if you Googled it, there there was an I, origin behind it, but I think now it's all about, it's one of the things people go to Pike's well, Place for. Is it, it a fish market? Was it? It's, it's a fish a, market. It's a yeah. fish market. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, the whole Pike's Place, the entirety of it used to be in, you know, entirely fish and meat and was super um, commercial. And then at some point it switched over to being more touristy and, you know, like going to Portland's Saturday Market. And having all these different, you know, small people bring in their arts, crafts, foods, etc. So, yeah, it, it, to me, it was it was one of the coolest indoor farmers markets, flea markets I've ever been to. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. It was like, oh, yeah. this is really cool. It yeah. reminds me of when I was reading the research is uh, Pier Thirty Nine in San Francisco. Yeah, it's 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 similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pier Thirty Nine is a little bit more spread out. Than yeah, pikes, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's very similar. Yeah, the food, We've, the atmosphere, the different yep. languages. Um, Do you have any any other hands up? I see none. Okay, cool. Well, this never ever happened. Write it down, and it'll be marked in history forever and ever. Amen. Seriously. We are ending a little bit early tonight, so that is crazy. Well, you said go fast, so I, I know fast. we did go fast. All of us did. I have so, guys, hand. oh, we have a hand up. Cool. I believe it is Beth. What was that fire that that they say it was built on top of the old Seattle? What was that all about? So there are tours of underground Seattle. And the reason why right. is I forgot what year it was that a great fire happened in Seattle. So they built they rebuilt it on top of the ruins of from the from the fire. So Seattle is actually elevated. So you can oh, take. Wow, the and I know that. I know that they had a World's Fair there one year too. Yeah, in 1962, when the exactly. um, uh-huh. Space Needle—that's why the Space Needle was built—was to show everyone what the future would look like, um, be able to appreciate the world and appreciate our planet Earth. Um, it was actually opened in April of, of 1962, which we know April is World Earth Day. So, cool. yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I know that because my aunt got to go. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's awesome. amazing. There you go. Wow. Cool. Thanks so much, Beth. We appreciate it. Guys, we do this call because we love to travel and we love to share our traveling experiences and learn about new places with you. Uh, so you can always email us at outofsightadventures2020 at gmail.com. That's outofsightadventures2020 at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you have suggestions on where to go, you can also join us on our new Facebook page. Um, so come and find us there, and you can reach out to us there. Um, and we found a better way to travel, so we love to talk about that too. I looked on our app uh, while we are doing the show, uh, found five, four-star, three- and four-star restaurant, um, 
restaurants, not restaurants, hotels that were 35 to 40% off the lowest published price. So we'd love to talk to you about that if you want to know how to travel better. Um, Guys, I love doing this with you guys. Uh, Desiree, Terry, you guys are awesome. I love that you guys are my friends and we get to do this together. Doug, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hope you guys had a hope you had a great time yeah. on your first show with us. Yeah, it was, it was fun. We appreciate you. And uh, if you guys want to know where we're going week to week, that will now be posted on our Facebook page. So Facebook. if you want to know where we're going, Facebook come to the Facebook group. page. <laughs> Facebook group same thing um so anyway so yeah so we'd love to have you and we just want to go ahead and experience the good life with you good night guys oh!